In this episode, we discuss the dawn of the Kirby Smart era at Georgia. The three of us touch on the men's basketball team as they make their stretch run to try to become tournament eligible. And towards the end, Will gives his Super Bowl predictions as he will be traveling out west to Levi's Stadium to hopefully cheer on his Arizona Cardinals in the Super Bowl. This is episode 38 of the Waiting Since Last Saturday podcast. Your co-hosts are Will Leach, Tony Waller, and myself, Scott Duvall. So sit back and enjoy the show. Here's Will to kick us off. All right, gents. Well, good to talk to you guys. I'm sorry we couldn't uh, uh, do it in person, but I don't think anybody wants to be leaving the house tonight, to be entirely honest. No, no. We've had flurries, and it's dangerous here. Yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> well, and I'm preoccupied. I just got done doing uh, Just Dance 2015 to Katy Perry's Dark Horse, and oh. I came in third place. Oh, okay. Third out of? Well, I was competing with uh, my oldest son and then my daughter. Oh, okay. So, third, so, 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 so last. You lost yeah. to Vivi? <laughs> oh, yeah. She can dance, man. I don't have any kind of moves. Awful. Don't get me wrong, but she's four. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, she's five. She's got it now. Oh, well, never mind. Never yeah. Mind. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Speaking well, of, actually, at the Super Bowl, I'm going to really miss Left Shark. I'm just saying, I'm going to miss Left Shark. You're going to miss Left Shark? Yeah. I'm, I yeah. Think, isn't, it, isn't it Coldplay and Beyonce this year? Oh, God. No, yeah, probably. I think it is. Well, you know, Coldplay has a really good new song. I actually listened to them uh, at the gym uh, today when I was working on it. It's kind of funky. I enjoy it. It's actually really good. Uh, Have you heard that song? It's called Adventure of a Lifetime. Yeah, yeah, it's it's really good. See, see, one of my one of my one of my many favorite anecdotes um, in the wake of the death of David Bowie was the one where um, they, <laughs> I know where you're going with this. He said uh, Coldplay wanted to collaborate with collaborate with him on a, a song. And he, they brought the song to him. He said, "No, this isn't good." So, no, I'm not doing that. So, as a Coldplay skeptic, I will confess, I was, I did not have a big problem with that. But that, I've not heard that song. That sounds, I, I, it seems funky. I guess. Yeah. No, it's it's Shock good. Not Coldplay. Yes, but. Um, <laughs> Well, I'm glad we're doing this. I'm glad we're doing this. I'm glad uh, we we were we were getting. Uh, uh, we don't want to go too long, even uh, even with everything running around. So, cheer. Well, are you guys, am I the only one drinking? I'm actually drinking a beer. I don't drink bourbon when I'm not. Uh, I, I got an early wake up tomorrow. I can't uh, get too crazy. I got a smart water. I went to the gym today. It's the it's a new me. 2016. I understand. I understand. Bob water is very smart. It's fermented with corn <laughs> and. Fifty-one percent, actually, that and Loretto can. Yeah, that's the smartest kind of water. It is extremely intelligent water. Um, all right, well, Tony, kick us off. Uh, I feel like the two major things that we need to be discussing. Uh, a little update. I I actually have a, a little thing I want to I want to ask about uh, with Georgia gymnastics, but we'll get to that one. That's a minor topic. I think uh, we want to do some basketball. Uh, we'll get to that, but uh, first, I think obviously, you know, uh, we are. This is Georgia. People want to talk football. Uh, signing day is coming up. It's football time. How is the recruiting going, Tony? Uh, and more to the point, more important, really, how much are people on all the message boards freaking out about it? Well, in case people can't tell, it's currently Friday the twenty second, uh, about what eight o'clock, mm-hmm. uh, which it's uh, the start of a really. Pretty much one of the biggest last official visit weekends. Um, and Georgia has a lot of guys in town, um, some kind of key guys in town. Um, 
But I'm sorry about the racket in the background. We're just we're trying to put the kids to bed. Um, and I, I assume is, my is wife that how you, is building. I assume that, my wife is building something in the kitchen. I don't really I was know. Say, is that how you put kids to bed? You make a lot of noise. <laughs> They're digging the exactly hole. Building. They're digging the hole for there. the night. <laughs> she. Um, I assume she's getting into the emergency. Snow bourbon? I don't know. Um, but you know, there's, there's some, say, you know, there's some a couple of really big names in town. Derek Brown, which is a five star guy, like Buford. Um, there's a couple of offensive linemen um, that are are kind of big. Patrick Hud- Hudson, who is uh, is really a strong lean for Texas A and M. We're now. You know, Sam Pittman's kind of leveraging some of his Arkansas ties to get him here this weekend. I mean, he's been committed to Baylor for a long time. But he's been rumored to uh, rumored to to go into A and M this weekend, and he's he's coming here instead. Uh, and that guy's it's just a, a home run sign if we can get him to come. He's six five, three twenty five, kind of the new what we're looking at for the, you know, kind of the new offensive lines. Uh, it was a kicker in town, actually, Mitchell Watson, the guy from Laster. Um, Solomon Kinley from Jacksonville, who is a Florida, um, who's a Florida commit. Um, apparently now I live in Grand Central, as someone's called the house. Um, so the, uh, the you know, Solomon Kinley, who went to Reigns and in and, and Jacksonville, Another big sunny, but you know, I mean, another big of uh, guy we could flip. Um, but you know, I think the big story is a lot of people are forgetting. We've already got six guys that are on campus, include Jacob, Jacob Eats and Calvin Ridley, who is Calvin Ridley's uh, brother, uh, the wide receiver from Alabama, Isaac Nalda, uh, Ben Cleveland, Julian Rochester, and Chad Clay. Um, you know, and, and the, the likelihood of, of guys are going to actually come here, like Nicole Hardman, Trey Nixon, Charlie Warner, who's 100%, Elijah Holyfield. Um, of course, a lot of folks will recognize that name. Chauncey Manack, uh, Solomon Kinley is another guy that, that all, all the recruiting guys think we're going to flip from Florida. Um, you know, the name that we keep, the, the, a lot of guys keep throwing out, Demetrius Robinson or uh, Randrisius Davis, Um both of those guys are, I mean, they're looking around uh, in some middle guys like Julio Lagoons, who's from here in, in Watkinsville. Uh, it'll be interesting to see what happens with him. He's been a strong lean. And a lot of people are freaked out over him because, you know, he is eight miles south of the campus. and uh, But he's he's a strong Pruitt guy. And they're, we're going to lose some guys. Anytime you have a coaching change, we're going to lose some guys. Uh, but if you're going to the basketball game tomorrow night, I'm not 100% certain I'm going to. Uh, and again, I don't want to date because on demand audio is like I said, it's Friday, uh, uh, tomorrow yeah. basketball game. Um, I guess I'm putting some pressure on Scott to get this yeah. out. Quick. Well, no, I'm going to, I'm going to keep this in mind too. When I talk about basketball is the, yeah, 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 yeah. The, the Arkansas, I'll, I'll, I'll acknowledge that. But honestly, Scott, don't worry. Don't worry about, don't worry about, about let's, let's count on Monday. Just let's no, just got talk it. accordingly. Don't, I've don't, got it. don't spend your Saturday morning. You should not at all. You should not think about this all Scott to get it out by nine. Well, uh, <laughs> hey, hey, Tony, I've got it here. Let, let me, let me, let me finish your thought. And Georgia's very disappointing close loss to Arkansas. Kirby Smart spoke at halftime. How about that? Yes. And by close disappointing <laughs> loss, uh, we ran them off the court. <laughs> Which is not a thing we do. Is he, is, I mean, he, is he supposed to talk at halftime? 
he is going to talk at halftime. And it's a huge weekend. I mean, we're going to have, um, I'd say, uh, I, I don't know. I haven't seen the actual full lists here this weekend, but this is kind of like the last big, huge weekend. I'm not sure when the dead period starts because there is a dead period right before the signing day, which is the third. Is that right, Scott? Um, maybe it's the it's first a, Wednesday. I don't know. I haven't looked at my February calendar yet. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So it's, it's coming up on uh, this last really big weekend. Uh, of, of official visits. The fact that we got some guys that are, that are five stars that are committed to other places is huge for Georgia. Um, and, and let me just address one thing. I've seen some chatter on the, the message boards like, ah, oh, Georgia's this, Georgia's that. The fact that Georgia's really close to getting a top five recruiting class with a coaching change is really impressive. I wanted to and, note that. I wanted, I wanted to talk about that actually very briefly, if you don't mind. I was looking at SB Nation yesterday. Uh, 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 Pete Volk and Bud Elliott did their they, they basically said, can anybody beat Alabama? Because Alabama's had the number one recruiting class for the last five years. It's the last team that, to not to have the best recruiting class was Florida in 2010. Um, they asked if there were any teams that could beat them. Uh, and, they, and looking at the, who they had, who they're going after, the teams that could potentially challenge Alabama, and it'll probably be Alabama again. But the, the teams that could potentially challenge Alabama are Florida State, LSU, Michigan, Ohio State, Mississippi, and Georgia. Now, to think about that, the idea that there is a coaching change and they are one of the five or six teams that have a chance to have the best recruiting class in the country, that's staggering. Like, that is, like, that is, usually it takes a couple of years just for everyone to, to figure out what's going on. To, to make, uh, and you know, we've obviously discussed the coaching change and the, and the new hire, but certainly to make a, to, Get, to have, make a big change with the program and yet still have it there to be enough continuity that you are at that level, even with the inherent advantages of recruiting at Georgia, is really impressive. Well, the other the part about that that is really impressive is some of the guys that we're in battles with, like Mac Wilson and um, uh, Nicole Hardiman and Demetrius Robinson. Those are we're you know we're battling with. Alabama, well, Notre Dame is one of the is, is in the mix for Demetrius Robinson, uh, Mac Wilson, and then Brian Burns, linebacker. We're battling with OSU, uh, and when you think about, literally, we didn't get our staff finalized until what Monday or Tuesday or Tuesday or Wednesday after the championship game, which would be just two weeks and nine days before. Um, before signing day, it is really impressive. It, it is a testament, and I, I don't want to over do this because Mark Richt is now coaching somewhere else, but it's a testament to, to Mark Richt, what Mark Richt did because a lot of those guys are, while, while Kirby, my curbs, uh, <laughs> was really strong in solidifying those commits, um, those are, a lot of those guys are, are a result of groundwork that was laid with Mark Richt's staff. Now, it is a complete testament to the staff and the recruiting prowess of the staff that Kirby Smart has brought in. So, by the way, what, did you guys see the story about Jacob Eason falling asleep in class? <laughs> I like, I like no. that. Who's, report, who's reporting Aww. that? The red and black? No, I, I, He's a I normal think, kid. I think person with phone in class. I oh, think is come actually on. The, oh, come on. I, I have to say, I think that like while that's a little weird, obviously, I don't think anyone actually looks at that and says, wow, Jacob Eason, how could he? I mean, come on. I mean, it's, yeah. it's uh, uh, I feel like, listen, if we're going to start, 
you know, if we if we live in a world where people try to talk recruit sixteen year old, seventeen year old kids to come play for their favorite football program on Twitter, the idea of taking a picture of the star quarterback when he falls asleep in class seems like relatively small beans comparatively. Well, you think about the reasons he probably fell asleep in class. Dot dot dot. <laughs> um, I mean, look, I fell asleep in class, and the class changed, and I didn't wake up until the next class was in there. Right. So. Yeah. Listen, um, I didn't go to the class in the first place, so so I think I think he and uh, you turned out perfectly fine. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You're on TV and everything. Yeah, I'm. Uh, though <laughs> though my arm strength is lacking, uh, to be to be well, clear. So, but yeah, so yeah. I, I I just thought that was funny. I think that's always a good reminder of just how insane uh, uh, that people are already about Eason. <laughs> like all told, Jacob Eason doesn't have his own Tumblr page. <laughs> so, yeah, so there's going to be Ryan Gosling quotes about. Uh, about the <laughs> oh my god, that's really funny. <laughs> but uh, all right, so you know, look, it's it's a huge recruiting weekend, and um, Georgia Georgia has some needs. Uh, we, we've got to do something on the offensive line. We've got to do something with our wide receivers, and we 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 really do um, we do really do have some room to improve on the defensive side. Depth wise, um, and I don't want to get too much into we want to be Alabama or what Alabama is doing, um, because I think Coach Smart's eventually going to end up with a kind of a different philosophy because all coaches kind of do, especially if he's looked at what Will Muschamp and Derek Dooley did. Um, but you know, the, the the fact of the matter is is that we have some kind of glaring points of need, and it looks like this class has a really good opportunity to address some of that. Uh, I'm. I, I have to say, I am excited about this. I'm, I will be at the game, and I know this will probably go up after the game on Saturday. So, if the play, if segment you know caught on fire and everybody died, uh, <laughs> please know that this is one of my last moments on earth. Uh, so, I, I I love you guys, and I miss you, and I, you guys are very important to me. And I know you don't care about any of that now because Kirby Smart also perished. So, who gives a crap, crap about that guy talking? Um, the whole coaching staff, too. I know that's what I mean, and so. Um, uh, and, but anyway, so my point of that is, you know, I like this idea of him, you know, this, this feels like, cause you know, I was at the game last week when he was sitting next to Van, with the Vander Holyfield and with the Vander Holyfield's yeah. uh, son, of course he was playing for the team yeah. and there was, they, there actually was not a big ladies and gentlemen, Kirby smart moment. I think they showed him on the screen, but other than, and, and he kind of waved, but there was no big call out moment. This feels like the first you know, I mean, uh, there's the press conference, but this is the first he gets to sit there and be bathed in the applause. Yeah, and, and he, I'm assuming he was sitting down there towards where we normally sit, down on that end. Yeah, I think so. I think so. But, yeah. Yeah, but that's, your, your that's, seats were better, right, Will? My seats were not. Listen, they have to keep him a little farther away from the riffraff because he's got a Vander with him. Like, no uh, one's going to come bother me during this. He's not, near, he's not near. He's not sitting near Sweater Man. No, no, yeah. I, I love the. <laughs> that would be a really funny idea, actually. If the, the, the good news is you guys have these great seats, but then the idea of like Kirby Smart and Evander Holofield looking really irritated because they're sitting <laughs> right behind Sweater Man. <laughs> and for the record, you know, I, I, I've come around on Sweater Man. I have to say, initially, 
uh, he, I get a little Marlins man vibe from him. I have decided <laughs> I am, I, you know, I do. Spectacular. It, no, it's true. It's it's, true. It's there, I have a certain level of, but listen, I, the, the part about the Marlins man I like is the idea that like, Hey, who would want to do that? If you had a bunch of money, just go to all great games and have a great time. There's just the look at meism of it. That is that I find like the idea that there's these great moments in baseball history and these fans care about them so much. And they've got this numb nuts, uh, in a bright or, uh, Cyan, horrible uh, Marlins jersey, uh, but but that said, I've also I have a, I haven't come around on Marlins man as much as I've come around on Sweater Guy because even though he clearly likes being on camera and likes to have the attention, he is also up all the time for that. Like like he is. This is a program that needs. A guy like that, you know, and and needs well, we need, someone we, with that we enthusiasm. Need Six thousand guys like yeah, that. Exactly. But, so, um, so yeah, I, I, you know, I, have, I have no beef. I have no beef. Yeah, the the, the history on him is he. I mean, he's been doing this a long time, and he's worn that sweater a long time. And I think it's interesting that some of the people sitting around him now have made T-shirts that match his his sweater. Yeah, and it's, it's strong. The strong work. <laughs> and he looks and no, and no. Uh, yeah, it's it's good. It's good to have. It's good to see. But so are uh, but no. So I I think it's going to be great. I hope that that there is an, a very solid Kirby Smart moment of that game because I think that's something that no one no one's got to really actually say have a big applause thing for him yet. And he's about to be the most if he, I mean he already is, but he's about to be the centerpiece of all the hopes and dreams of everyone for the next uh, for the for the next uh, five uh, ten some odd years. And it also this is frankly uh, until the spring game is the honeymoon will be over if they're down at halftime to North Carolina. <laughs> So, so he should uh, he should enjoy this while he can. Hey, since you brought up, yeah. hey Will, since you brought up North Carolina, real quick, I I don't know what sports talk station I was listening to, probably one of them out of Atlanta this week, but they were the two guys on it were basically debating. Uh, one guy was taking the position saying Grayson Lambert has to start that North Carolina game if you want any chance of winning, but then the other guy, and it wasn't it wasn't uh, like Buck and Kincaid or something, it was. Uh, it was just two guys that didn't really have a dog in the fight, no pun intended. But the other guy was talking about how Eason should start, and it kind of got me thinking, uh, you know, as the guy that was kind of pulling for Lambert, I was kind of seeing his point uh, to having some kind of experience in a big game like that. But the counterpoint was that, hey, Eason's already on campus. He's going through spring practice, and if he wins the the job, then, you know, put him out there. What, what are y'all's opinions on throwing him, you know, first play from scrimmage in the dome, big game. North Carolina is going to bring back a pretty good team. What do y'all think about that? I, mean, I haven't seen him play yet, so I have to say, I, I, I well, I, nobody I, has. I know that's what I mean. So, like you know, I think we don't know. Never mind. How, we don't know how he's going to handle it. We don't know like what he can do yet. I mean, you know, there was a but just on paper, you know, throwing a well on paper. On paper, Bryce Ramsey should be starting. <laughs> so you know, I feel like. Uh, <laughs> You know, oh, so damn, Will, you you stole my line, man. <laughs> sorry, sorry, but you know, so I think I agree. Like, listen, if he is what we want him to be, yes, he should be starting that game. If just because, listen, uh, I don't know about you guys, but I'm, uh, you know, if, if the uh, if the if the Kirby Smart era starts off with um, with uh, a familiar face at quarterback that we don't want to see anymore, uh, that's not the most exciting way to start off, but. You know, I it, it's it's hard. It's weird that that I feel like that game is a little awkward. Frankly, right now, it's kind of a weird way to start a new coach's 
tenure with a pretty big game, definitely a big game, in a on a not a neutral field, but certainly not a home field. I think it's ultimately going to be kind of a weird environment and a weird way to start it. Uh, but it, I don't know. What do you think, Tony? Yeah, I, I don't disagree. I mean, it's kind of a really – it's a tough position for Kirby to be in. It just is. Um, you know, this is going to be a national television audience. I mean, it's – I don't know. That sounds really old school to say, considering nearly every game is a national television audience. <laughs> it's not SEC. JP, not Raycom? It's, yeah, we're not Raycom. <laughs> it's not – It's not. Uh, it's not – who is it? Uh, Dave O'Neill and uh, whoever that other guy is. But, uh, you know, but it's a Chick-fil-A kickoff classic. And, um, you know, and, and this isn't, this isn't your dad's North Carolina. I mean, this is, uh, this is a team that played an ACC championship, uh, probably but for just the worst possible game out of, um, the quarterback, uh, goes 12 and 0 in the regular season and, and enters the ACC championship, uh, undefeated. And it's, uh, and, and a lot of those, those pieces return, um, you know, the, the part about it and get to get to your original question, Scott, I, I, there's just so many moving pieces. I mean, is great. Is the Grayson Lambert, we saw the Grayson Lambert, um, that was Grayson Lambert, um, minus whatever he was at, at Virginia because of, of Schottenheimer or, for that matter, was Grayson Lambert in because of Schottenheimer and then Bryce Ramsey really is the you know, this guy that's gonna step up for a year and give Easton a year to mature into his position. Or <laughs> is our quarterback situation really such that we don't really care, we're gonna start a, a just eighteen year and three month old quarterback from Washington in a national game, consequences be damned. Um, and I think a lot of that's to be answered over the next four months or, or eight months. But, um, you know, let's assume everything is as it is. Um, if, if Easton doesn't step up and just, you know, really turn out to be not great or just really we look at him, we being the coaches look at him and he needs some time, you know, I, I think he probably – I think he probably should start if Kirby Smart wants to keep his job, uh, because it, at some point, you know, and, and, and Will kind of pushed us on this a couple of three weeks ago about you know should we do the transfer quarterback? And I'm not 100 percent sold that we shouldn't, but there's been no one really step up that makes me think well, this is a guy we risk worth taking a shot on. But the fact of the matter is, is that. Kirby still has the most clear mandate there is. You better win. You better win now. I mean, this is not a five-year process. So if you're going to take your lumps, you got to take them in year one. And if that means starting Jacob Eason and taking a loss in the Georgia Dome, it just does. Because you can't be thinking about, well, in 2020, maybe Jacob will be ready to play and really lead us to glory land because I don't know that Kirby's going to get that much time. <laughs> And, and 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 honestly, it's hard to say that we're that program anymore. And I hate to go back to that kind of like that you know dark Tony place. But if you think about it, you know if we we put up a string of eight and four seasons for the next three years. Is Kirby Smart back for year four? And that's that's a really hard question to answer. But you know, we, it's it's really hard for me to look forward, even though the, the schedule is very manageable. It's hard for me to look forward when you think about we're 
yet again changing the the defense, which means we need to expect to step back in the defense. We just need to. And then you look at our offense, we're going to have anywhere from five to seven freshmen and sophomores starting on the you know, uh, on the, the the first string and probably another six in the two to three deep, you know, at some point you have to say, okay, we're, it, it's not quite to where the Braves are, but you got to think in that way. You got to think, okay, we're rebuilding and we're going to try to win a couple, but we're going to try to win ball games this year. But the fact of the matter is, is we're really looking at 2017 as our season. All right. Well, uh, okay. Anything else you want to do on football? Anything else uh, leaping in, into mind other than that we know this is a big weekend? What, what is the actual date of signing day? I think it's the third. I think it's February third. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's uh, strangely enough, it's like it's like four weeks before the Super Bowl. I don't know. <laughs> no. <laughs> um, all right. Speaking of, speaking of Will, yes, Will, yes, Black, yes. Um, as much as we all love Thomas Davis, mm-hmm. uh. I gotta say, I think there's a lot of Cardinal fans around. You, you think so? You think because I, I feel like Carolina is a pretty fun team. Again, it's possible people will listen to this after the uh, the championship. That's entirely, which is fine, <laughs> by the way. Um, uh, yeah. But because uh, I was going to go, I actually was going well, to go to the to, to that game because I am an Arizona Cardinals I, fan. I, I suggested we take a hayride. <laughs> oh, I remember I texted you. Let's go. Let's take yeah. a hayride. I certainly but, thought about it. Yeah. I certainly thought about it. Well, you know, Drew Butler, is Drew still putting for the Cardinals? He is. He's uh, not popular, by the way, among Cardinals fans. It's worth noting he's not actually had a very great year. Well, you know, he's, he hasn't. He's still, he's still a good dog. Yeah, he's of course. Sort of, he dogs. Um, so, you know, I don't know. As much as I love Thomas Davis, I'm really torn about Cam Newton. So <laughs> I, I, I want the Cardinals to win. I am pro Cam Newton, just to be clear, but I am much more pro Arizona Cardinals. So I am. Uh, uh, we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. I will be at the. Uh, I will be at the Super Bowl this year, and I, if the Cardinals do end up making it, I will have to go through. Uh, uh, you know, I will have to do. Certainly, uh, I'm hashtag blessed to have the opportunity. But <laughs> you know, the notion of uh, it's always difficult to cover a team professionally that you care about personally. Uh, Pretty passionately. So, uh, if I, if it comes to that, I will be wearing my my suit, and it will be a tearaway suit that I will rip away uh, if the uh, under, to show my my John Brown jersey underneath. Uh, if it comes to that. So, so well, two we'll, things, Scott. Scott, uh-huh. one thing you're going to edit that about him liking Camp Newton now, and oh, yeah, uh, I, can I can do that. Listen, and then, listen. He's a terrific tight end, man. He's a terrific tight end. He is, Oh my God, that is some that's some really strong like dark place. That's some dark place <laughs> stuff right there from like Georgia fan dark place. Sorry. Will I think your initiation is complete? <laughs> uh, so and the other thing is the other thing was Will is it's at Levi Stadium. You're going to miss the first half. So uh, <laughs> that's true. That's true. Uh, the hotel the hotel actually I actually am staying in San Francisco, so it is like a 45 minute ride with no traffic, and of course there will be tons of traffic. So yeah, I'm gonna have to. <laughs> thing is no traffic there. Yeah, I'm gonna, I'm, I'm gonna have to. I'm essentially going to have to leave for the game tomorrow. 
Yeah, no, when you when you land in San Francisco, you need to just like, uh, I'm going to need you to go south. <laughs> yeah. So I And I am leaving for Iowa on Tuesday. I will be at the Iowa caucuses, and I leave from there to go uh, to Santa Clara. So the day after, uh, I will be on a very tired flight uh, after going to – uh, whoever wends up winning the Iowa caucuses uh, celebration stuff and then writing and then heading off. Uh, so preparing for the world of President Trump. Yeah, go Hawkeyes. Yes. Um, yes, go Hawkeyes. But, uh, okay, so we should talk some basketball. Uh, I uh, So regardless of what happens in the Arkansas game, one reason I feel comfortable talking, whether this is up before the Arkansas game or whether it's not, one thing that I feel generally comfortable about uh, discussing is that the game doesn't matter that much because Arkansas isn't that great, and what Georgia needs more than anything is some great wins. <laughs> and I have to say, right now, I uh, I'm going to kick this off with a bold statement. At this point, I think Georgia needs to win the conference tournament to make the NCAA tournament. I will confess, I actually think that we, I think we are. At that point, and the reason we're at that point is that Texas A&M game. That Texas A&M game. I was at that game. It was a, not only was it was it a uh, missed opportunity to get a quality win at home, but it was a blowout, and it was probably the worst game I have seen Georgia play since I've had season tickets over the last three years. I'm sure there were so many bad ones back in the day. Texas A&M is good. They're better than everyone thought. They need to not be beating Georgia by 35 points uh, at Stegman. Yeah, and I'm what top fifteen RPI thereabout. Yeah, I mean, yeah, that's the thing though is that I mean, you just can't have a loss like that because the problem with the SEC this year is there's like Texas A&M right now is their sixth conference. Yeah, there's no great teams like there really aren't like right now. I think the last uh, Jerry Palm uh, bracketology had three teams from the conference in the tournament. Which is certainly worrisome. I think he had LSU on the bubble and Florida on the bubble. But he had Texas A&M, South Carolina, and Kentucky. And Kentucky's not in the top 25 or about to fall out of the top 25. The problem is there's not a lot of opportunities for Georgia to get quality wins. And if you look at the schedule moving forward, Arkansas really doesn't move the needle. Their games, their key games coming up are really going to be in the next week and a half. Uh, they're all going to be before the Super Bowl. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. And, uh, yeah, I agree with that. At LS, they've got Arkansas, which is a game, frankly, you just have to win. Uh, and Arkansas is not a bad team, but they're not a tournament team. A loss is really bad. Uh, you've, got a, you've got a game at LSU, super tough game. You're playing probably the number one uh, draft pick uh, next year. But that's a game, frankly, you really need to win because you don't have any quality wins. That's the problem with the Georgia resume. They have a couple losses that are iffy. Chattanooga's an iffy loss. The, but right now, their best win is still Oakland. <laughs> and that is a maybe Clemson. Clemson has come around a little bit. Clemson may, is starting to look like a better win than it was. But also that was like they beat Clemson by 33 points. There, nobody thinks they would beat Clemson by 33 points right now. Clemson has clearly turned something on. So they've got at LSU. Then they've got at Baylor, which is probably the biggest game of the year in a game they're probably going to be underdogs by like 10 points. Then you've got a home against South Carolina, who, while they only have one loss, is not a great RPI team, is generally seen as a little bit of a paper tiger. And then you've got a home against Auburn, a game you have to win. And then you have at Kentucky, which is a win that you think you're probably not going to get, but you may need. That is the concern for Georgia right now. It's not so much that they're playing terribly, because I don't. Uh, I don't think they're playing terribly, other than that Texas A&M game. And frankly, after the Georgia Tech and Clemson games, I was pretty excited. It felt like some good things were happening. And then the Florida game kind of ended that 
uh, right quick. That loss at Mississippi really, really hurt because that was a chance to get a, uh, a win against a team that you're theoretically on, on, a, on a somewhat similar level with. I I just think right now it's going to be real, real tough, barring a crazy win streak that they go on right now. I think it's going to be real tough for Georgia to make the tournament. So are you thinking that they might be an NIT selection? They should be able to make the NIT because their RPI is not bad. I think right now their RPI is 63, which is not great, but it is certainly, it's certainly it's not good enough to get you in the, turn, in the big tournament, but it's probably enough to get you in the NIT. Remember, it's a lot harder to get to the NIT than it used to. Mm-hmm. Like it used to be that if you were just a high profile team and you had a winning record, they give you a spot in the NIT. Now the NIT is connected to the NCAA tournament. So therefore, if you if if you're at one of those small schools and you win your conference regular season, but you lose in the tournament, you get an automatic bid to the NIT. So that mm-hmm. takes out a lot of teams. And then they use the big tournaments rankings for the top first four teams out and the first eight teams out to seed the top of the NIT. So it's just a lot harder. It's just, it's no longer, you're just a popular team and therefore you get to play in the NIT last year. For example, uh, it was going to be two years ago, I believe uh, Indiana just didn't make it. And Indiana was on the bubble for the NCAA tournament and then they didn't make it. They just assumed, Oh, are we going to even accept a spot to the NIT if we get it? And then they didn't even get in. So, you know, it is actually, even though in the past, Indiana would of course been in because they're, they're such a high profile team. So it's harder to get in to the NIT than you think. I think they're probably okay just because their RPI is pretty solid unless they, of course, unless they collapse. But listen, this is a 10 and six team (laughs) and the street, the schedule is the thing that is the only reason they're even slightly in the conversation right now is that the strength of schedule is 18. So that is that's very smart scheduling that's been very, that's then it's we've talked about that before about how Fox has been really smart about playing the right non-conference teams the ones that are good enough but not so good that they'll beat you save for Chattanooga of course. Uh so that is who's 64 in the RPI one spot below Georgia. So that the, the problem is when it comes down to resumes ultimately they look for quality wins and right now Georgia just they just don't have any. Yeah, and you know, thinking about thinking about that, you brought up Indiana. That's that's kind of the source of the Tom Crean face, because the Big Ten Network was on live with them during the NCAA tournament. They stayed with them, and when they announced NIT, they weren't in it. And Tom Crean was just like, I mean, I don't remember who it was. <laughs> Watch this, y'all, Crean. I don't know who was. I mean, I don't remember who was there interviewing him, but it was really crazy because he was like stuck there. Um, and Will, just looking at the schedule right now, Georgia Tech's the best win. Uh, Oakland's now fallen into the hundreds on the RPI. You know, Texas and the, the, the lower sixties. Clemson's in the upper nineties. The good news is, is I, I didn't realize the conference itself is, is a little better, even though it's still the fifth conference. We've only got a couple of teams left that are above one hundred in the RPI. Arkansas is a must-win. LSU, I think it's a must-win, even though it's on the road. Yeah, it, they're still in the hundreds, and then Mississippi State is uh, they're in the two hundreds, which is just crazy. But you know, there there are a lot of there's a lot of low hanging fruit. I mean, South Carolina at home, Auburn at home, um, even Mississippi and Alabama at home. Both all three, all those teams are in the uh, in the hundreds in RPI. That's the good news. The bad news is, is if if you look at the teams we uh, we really really need to, to beat. Um, there's just not like great wins. I mean, I guess Kentucky at home and Baylor. I mean, Kentucky on the road, Baylor on the road. Um, you know, I guess you could almost say South Carolina and Bandy on the road. But 
you know, I, this was my concern back in November, Will, is that, you know, even if we went eight and two, we still needed to finish in the 13 or 14 win range in the conference to be pretty much assured. I mean, that's, that's 22 wins. And it's not looking very good for us getting a 22 with a 10 and six, and we're at 13 wins. Now, I don't necessarily agree yet that we have to win the conference tournament, but unless we go on a really, really a winning jag, I just don't see us getting there unless we win two or three games in the conference. And actually, Missouri is uh, has has hurt us because SEC is making noise about now dropping it down to instead of having. And all 14 teams, since Missouri is not participating, going down to 12 or even 10 teams in the conference tournament to cut out a day. And that, that hurts teams like Georgia, who probably need another win or two on their resume to get there. Yeah, it is. And to me, you know, that, that, that's a major concern, too, because frankly, this team and the heels of last year being the tournament should be a tournament team. I, I think, I think that uh, uh, you've got gains in man. Man's been a disappointment. It's worth noting that man is just not, he's really not been right all year. Uh, his shot's been off. Uh, he's even lapsed on defense a little bit. Man has been yeah. uh, a disappointment gain. And, but like still, this is man and gains. You're supposed to have this great backcourt with them and Frazier. And frankly, you've got Monte and, and oh, say it for me. I can't ever say the damn name. Derek, Og, 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 I Thank you. I just can't. There's too many constants next to one another. Um, like there's good players uh, on the on this team, and it feels like this should be a tournament team. And it's just they've you know this is the thing that bites you. You know that when you look back and you think about how different we're talking right now, if that Chattanooga game goes different, or if that Mississippi game goes different, like even Mississippi those. State game is- Big one, yeah, yeah. It, yeah. It, if either one of those goes different, you're looking at twelve and four, and you feel a lot better about everything. But right now, they need to get on a run, man. And uh, I just think it's I, I I think Georgia is good, and I think Georgia is even good enough potentially to be a tournament quality team. But I don't think they are good enough to go on some crazy run. I just I just I don't see it. Well, I think the only thing right now is a saving grace, and I don't mean that in, in terms of NCAA tournament. I mean that in terms of Mark Fox, is that we have a one loss, uh, a one point loss at Mississippi. We have a two point loss against Kansas State, who is now looking better and better as a uh, possible tournament team. They're in the mid fifties, and then the Chattanooga game. That's a two point loss, and that game, you know, all we have to do is hit free throws, and that game's over by six points in the overtime I mean, in regular time. So, you know, I think, I think it's interesting, you know, we're talking, y'all were talking about NIT and all I'm thinking is like, okay, does Mark Fox survive this season? I don't know that he survives with NIT, but I think it's premature to have that conversation at least until we get past Kentucky and Mississippi state. Cause there's that one week where they're on the road back to back and they're going to go to Rupp and then they have to go to Starkville. Um, and that's after the Baylor LSU trip. That's after uh, South Carolina and Auburn at home. That which is South Carolina's the day before signing day, and Auburn's that that weekend after. Um, so you know the, the bad part about for, for Georgia right now is just only they only have t- two top 100 wins. They don't have any bad losses, but it's it's right now it's really about the good wins. Will and and, and when you start talking about. Where are the good wins going to come from? They're going to have to. They're going to have to reach up and surprise some people. 
Yeah, and they're gonna have to do it repeatedly, <laughs> and like that's yeah, it's gonna have to be more than once. Yeah, and that's that's the worry. But you know, we'll see. You know that that South Carolina, like they've got two games against South Carolina. I don't think South Carolina is really that great. There's a chance to get two nice wins against a team that's fighting for a tournament spot right there. So I think that they, yeah. getting them twice is helpful. So Scott, you've got my tickets for that game. So cheer hard in that one. Oh yeah, we're excited about that. Yeah, yeah. So um, thank mean, you. But so I feel like, but all told, I you guys have a better feel for this than me because you know I'm. This was a problem even in Illinois back in the Bruce Weber days. I am a, and we you guys heard this this year with Rick and and my viewpoint on it. I am a you need a really good reason to fire somebody person, and uh, which often is a misjudging of the realities on the ground uh, and the power of boosters. Do you, honestly all told, do you think if if they don't make the tournament, do you think Foxes is in trouble? Well, Tony just called him out, didn't he? I mean, you kind of brought up the subject. I, well, you didn't call him out, but, I mean, you, you kind of broached the subject. No, That's yeah, the first time look, I've heard it. Look, I love Mark Fox. I think, I think what he's done for the program um, has been, it's been good for the program. I think he's an awesome guy. He, um, you know, I, I, I love the recruiting he's done the past couple of years. Uh, the hard part is, is that it's it's really I have cognitive dissonance when Mark Rick isn't good enough to stay around for football, but Mark Fox mm-hmm. not getting us to the tournament every year isn't. And I, I don't I don't mean I, I think Mark Fox wants to make the tournament every year. I, I don't think he is. Like there are some coaches that really really get where their program is and kind of coach towards that. Um, uh, the guy at DePaul, uh, Oliver Purnell. Yeah. I mean, he left Clemson to go to DePaul because essentially you can recruit the city of Chicago and get the the 100th to 150th kid in the city of Chicago and make the NCAA tournament every third year. And that's good enough at DePaul. Um, it, but it really does depend on what Georgia wants to be as an athletic program. Are, do we view ourselves as a basketball program? I personally think we should. I, don't, I see no reason why we shouldn't. We sit seventy miles to the uh, to the east of you know probably one of the top three basketball hotbeds in the nation. Um, I see no reason why we shouldn't be. And and uh, to be perfectly honest, I think Mark Fox sees it the same way. It just hadn't hit on the um, hadn't hit on the formula yet. And at some point, he's either got to hit on the formula or he, he's going to be forced to answer some really tough questions about. What his future looks like at Georgia, um, and when he was hired, I thought I thought he was a perfect guy for the situation because he, you know, he he was really good at Nevada. When you think about who he had to recruit against, what he was trying to recruit to, and he he seemed to be really good at bringing in guys that were better than everyone else in his conference. And you you're never going to do that at Georgia unless unless you coach in Lexington. But the the fact of the matter is is that I mean as you see unless you coach at Lexington, but the fact of the matter is is that it seems really hard for me to get my head around the, the, that Georgia has never ever ever in the history of the program gone to back to back NCAA tournaments, and my guess is outside of mid majors that made the Final Four, Georgia's probably the only major conference tournament or major conference team that's made the Final Four at least in the modern history. That hasn't made back-to-back NCAA tournaments, and that's that's a hard thing to get your head around. And it, you know, you brought up the recruiting. It is worth pointing out that their class for next year is ranked by ESPN 39th in the country, 
which is really good. Like I know you guys are used to football, but thirty nine is really yeah. is really good for. That's I think we should, Illinois I think, is not in the top forty. The, Illinois is a basketball school. I think we should consistently be in the top twenty. Now man, I think that's I that's think a big team. thing to say, man. That's a asking. I I, 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 I love supporting Georgia basketball as much as anybody, but man, that's a that's a that's a tough thing. But Will, if you think about the recruits in state, if we get we get one of the top twenty guys in state, and a couple of more of the top, say hundred. I mean that puts us pretty close in the top twenty every year. Now, I, I think I think Mark Fox has really stepped up his recruiting. Next, I mean it, this year you look. At, I mean last year, look at Yante Maiden. I mean going going and stealing him from from Michigan State. He got him from Tom Izzo. <laughs> he chose to play for Mark Fox instead of Tom Izzo. That's that's a really strong statement. And I, you know I don't think it's it's I I, I, I have no earthly idea. On, on some of the recruiting misses, but uh, you know, I, we have um, Georgia as a basketball program has had some recruiting misses that are really hard to figure. And I mean, I, I'm not trying to maybe I'm trying to throw a spirit aspersions, but you know, the 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 guy that's from Effingham County that plays at Missouri now. I mean, he's part of the recruiting nonsense at Missouri. Uh, you know, he was he was he was dead end to Georgia until like. Two days before signing day, and he went to Missouri. He's not going to get to play in the NCAA tournament this year. So, you know, I don't. I'm not. I guess my only point about saying that is that you know, Mark Fox is getting in the right living rooms. It's it's a matter of closing, and it's it's hard to get my head around the fact that we are still struggling in a season where it looked like we you know we got two senior guards, and we have finally have big men who play with uh, authority underneath, and and we're still. We're st- we're still losing to even though they're a top ten RPI team, we're still losing by nearly forty points to them. Uh, and uh, just as a little research thing, the last uh, looking at ESPN side since th- this year is the first time since they have been doing their rankings since two thousand seven that Georgia's been in the top forty. That is actually yeah. the first time that's happened. And and uh, and again, I'm you know I I'll put it this way. We've joked, We've always made this joke about Illinois being a basketball school and Georgia being a football school. Well, imagine if there were a year where Illinois beat Georgia in football recruiting. I don't think that even happened when Zook was doing whatever totally above board things he was doing to get people to come to, to come to Champaign. Um, uh, that was even happening then, and now you've got. I mean, this. Is, I mean, to get. Mayton was impressive to get Krupp, which is the guy that, that's really the centerpiece of that of that group next year. I feel I have a hard time unless this team completely collapses, considering that's a solid guy coming in of them uh, of them making a move, even if they don't make the tournament. Now, if something happens next year uh, where Mayton is a junior and Frazier is a senior, and you've got some more meat underneath. Uh, and and Turtle Jackson maybe takes a little bit step forward, then I think you can be concerned. But right now, I I would have to think he'd be safe, even if he doesn't make the tournament this year, for better or worse. Some people will disagree whether he should be, but I just think I I, I feel like it, that, that'd be a hard thing to justify. Yeah, I think if if anything says him is his recruiting the past couple of years, the fact that Okabebe is um, clearly a very strong post player and somebody that has un- a- enormous potential. Yeah. Uh, and the same with Matt Maiden and, and, and for that matter, Turtle Jackson, you know, 
like as, as Georgia basketball fans, I think the only real, the only the only litmus test we have is really okay. Who are we recruiting against, and who do we flip? And we flipped a guy from Michigan State, and flipped from a guy from UConn in the past year. Those those are those both of those teams have won national championships, multiple national championships in the last ten years, and national championships in the last five. That's that's pretty strong. That's pretty strong. So um, yeah. Either either way, um, I, I I like where we're headed. It's just this this season, it's it's going to be hard to look back at the season unless we finish out really strong, which Mark Fox teams have. Um, without if we don't make an NCAA tournament and not be disappointed. All right. Well, we'll see what happens, but um, uh, I will be. Uh, I'm I'm missing on my trips. I'm missing three games: the game South Carolina, Auburn, and, and one other one. So, uh, so, so take care of them for me. No, I'll be back. Just just South Carolina and Auburn. I'll be back for Florida. So, so take care yeah. of them for me while I'm gone. Yeah, I have to ask, and we talked a little bit about your Cardinal fandom earlier. Um, so. What's it like to be fan of a pro team that has a chance to make the Super Bowl? Because none of us, none of us, have experienced that. Well, oh, I know, I know, I know, I know. The Falcons made the Super Bowl, but that didn't really happen. But then Eugene Robinson happened. <laughs> I, oh, rem- I, I remember. You know, the thing that people forget about that Falcon Super Bowl was, you know, people were in the week up to that game. People were talking themselves into Atlanta winning that game. Like people were amped about Atlanta winning that game. I think that I remember I was my friend Matt Pitzer. I was working at the Sporting News, and uh, uh, with him, and uh, he he wrote about football for Sporting News, so he knew he was into them really well. And we were we'd been out drinking the night before, and you know, the, the, when you're that young, you are drinking and just spend the whole night talking about sports. <laughs> there's no, there's no. Oh man, my kids are driving me crazy. I've got this rent due. This is exhausting. What is the meaning of life? I'm losing my hair. It's all falling apart. There is only death at the end of this. None of that happens uh, when you're young. You just sit and drink and watch football and talk about football all night. We had talked ourselves into Atlanta winning that game. We were absolutely convinced they were going to win that Super Bowl, and that was before the Eugene Robinson thing. Uh, not the, sorry, the Eugene Robinson. Not well, the, I mean, that uh, happened at 6 a.m. on yes. the day of the Super Bowl. I know. That's true. So obviously it was before that happened. But, like, I have to say, do you guys do, do you guys consider as Falcon fans that they would have won that game if Robinson hadn't had, yeah. had, had that? Yeah, I was totally locked up on that team. I mean, I you, had, you had Terrence Mathis. You had uh, Chris Chandler throwing bombs. I mean, what was it, TNT? Whoa. Sorry about that. Good <laughs> guitar. That was a guitar falling. Yeah. Seriously. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. I'm really tearing this up. <laughs> so yeah, you had Tony Martin. What? Tony Martin and um, Terrence Mathis, TNT. You know, Chris Chandler thrown to them. Um, they had a really good defense. I mean, Keith Brooking. It was his uh, what rookie season. I mean, everything. Dan Reeves. I mean, it was just he had the heart attack that year, and then everybody was rallying around it. I mean, I was totally into that game, and they actually had the good-looking helmets back then, unlike the monstrosity they've had for the past, mm-hmm. what, 10, 12 years on their helmet. But I'm not going to get into uniforms. But, yeah. I feel like, yeah. I, um, I mean, they were, they were a 10-14 and 14 team playing against the Broncos that year who were, I mean, they had a good season, uh, but they were like, they were. I mean, they were relatively, if I remember right, they are relatively um, – I mean, like, I want to say like eleven and five or something. Um, I, I think what happened is is that the, some of some of the game day umps 
that the Falcons brought into that game was lost with the Eugene Robinson thing. But they also they also hit Elway at his Elway best, which is really hard for me to get my head around because I just I. Just, I don't, this is kind of provocative, but I hate Dan Elway because just because I'm, I don't want to play for the Colts. You, you hate and, Dan Elway? Uh, John, is that what yeah. you're he means John. He means John. Oh. Yeah. You he said Dan. He means John. He means John. I know. I know. I'm just trying to correct him. Not Dan Elway. John Elway. I'm sorry. <laughs> yes. Right. I do mean John. I have no idea who Dan Elway is. Uh, but, you know, John Elway was like, I don't want to play for the Colts because, you know, I don't know. He was, he was Eli Manning before Eli Manning was. But, uh, yeah, I don't know. It's just that, that game was just that was a really crazy game because you know it looked like the Falcons came out and played really tough, and then there was that there was that crazy like interception uh, inside what well, inside the ten is that right, Scott? Um, sure, but yeah, I don't know. <laughs> you know, Reeves had the Reeves had the heart attack. It's just that was a really weird, really weird year for the Super Bowl. Um, and the Falcons were in it, so which makes it even worse. Um, and then Big Bad Voodoo Daddy, Big Bad Voodoo Daddy played the super the <laughs> halftime show. Oh, really? Yeah, a lot of stuff. I guess uh, that makes sense because yeah, that that's was, when uh, Swingers was big, and that's how they got yeah. popular from that movie that was, Swingers. That was the middle of the ska Swingers kind of thing. Yeah. Uh, now I'll, yeah. I'll confess if you uh, and again I say this as an outsider, but I guarantee uh, as I'm sure this, I, it was a very frustrating, I'm sure for Falcons fans, but I have to say. I don't want to. If there's any, by chance, any Vikings fans listening, the last thing they want to hear is how hard of a time the Falcons had it <laughs> that, that year. Because that was that was. I, I will claim to this day that Vikings team is one of the most entertaining teams I have ever seen. They were oh. they were so fun and so awesome and just 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 terrific across the board. And I thought it was just impossible that that I, I just assumed that the Falcons were just going to get destroyed. I mean, Randall Cunningham, Randy Moss, all of that. It was so great. And of course, uh, Gary Anderson had missed a field goal all year. It was awesome. Like I have no, I, I have no complaints. I wasn't even upset about it, but that Vikings team, man, I thought that, I thought that, uh, uh, that team was going to win the Super Bowl. Well, what's really funny about that is uh, at the time I lived in Washington, D.C., and my roommate was a huge Green Bay Packers fan, still is a huge Green Bay Packers fan. So we, uh, we, watched, the, we watched the NFC Championship game with Morton Anderson miss, and um, he, uh, he suggested I get the Minneapolis phone book and start calling people uh, when the phone books were real things and uh, to, to make the, the Viking horn noise. Well, like the, I can't pronounce it because I can't pronounce uh, Viking names, the Kruzikal, which is the horn they blow uh, in the same obnoxious way that South Carolina plays the rooster crow. And, um, but, you know, I start calling people up and go, after, the, after that game because Morton Anderson missed a kick. It wasn't Morton Anderson mm. either, was it? It was Gary. Gary Anderson. <laughs> Gary Anderson. Morton Anderson played for the Falcons. Well, he's the one, yeah, he's the one that kicked the field goal away. He, so. he played for yeah, Dan. Yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> Scott, I, I hope you'll fix all this in post post it, It's unfixable. It's unfixable. <laughs> but um, all right. Well, I feel like on that note, I feel like we've covered. Yeah. Also, snow has started to fall. It is officially starting to fall, and I have to say, I kind of want to go see it. So it's uh, awesome. It's beautiful. Is it really snowing? I don't believe you. It is really I, I'm trying to yeah, look. that was snowing. Snowing when we got on the call. It's beautiful. Yeah. So. Huh. 
So everyone go ahead and enjoy that. We will. So I think we should do another uh, now. Uh, so signing day is February 2nd, February no, 3rd. 3rd. So do you guys want to try to do one of these at, right after that? Or do you want to wait until I get back from, uh, till I get back from, from the Super Bowl? I think we should do one either probably the week after the Super Bowl. We can talk about the Super Bowl and signing day. Okay, because Super Bowl is like four days after the signing day, right? Yeah, Super Bowl is on the seventh. Super Bowl is on the seventh. Yeah, and I come back the next day, and I have I have no travels for for quite some time after that. I will be seeing the truckers on 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 uh, on Friday, February twelfth. Hey, Will, go ahead and make your. I'm going that show the twelfth too. Oh, awesome! I'll see you there. I think Alexa's going to come with me too. Anyway, hey, Will, yes, go ahead and make your prediction, and then we'll, whether or not this gets posted whenever, we'll see if you're right. Uh, on on Arizona-Carolina? No, on, well, on both. On yeah, both. AFC uh, and NFC. I, I, first off, the first game, it is kind of weird, by the way, that the Peyton Manning-Tom Brady game is the one that's less interesting, <laughs> which is really kind of strange, because I think both of those teams... I think whoever wins the NFC is going to be favored. Uh, maybe there's enough people that want to... That wanna, Bet on the Patriots. That that the game is close to even, but I think the general consensus that the Panthers and the Cardinals are better than both the the, the Patriots and the, and the and the Broncos. To me, I uh, I I have a hard time coming up with reasons not to pick the Patriots. If just because Peyton Manning literally can't throw the ball farther than like ten y- yards downfield, it's kind of a sad thing to see, to be honest. And and I think that uh, I think he is he is basically. Like an old school Trent Dilfer type quarterback right now, except with, and he is a, and I think that as good as the Broncos defense is, I think uh, they're going to have to score. And uh, and if they, if the Patriots get ahead early, that game might be a blowout. Or you might see Osweiler at halftime, which would be the saddest way for a Hall of Famer to end his career uh, imaginable. So, oh, God. Yeah, I know. Right? So, I, I don't even really like Peyton Manning that much, but I don't want to see that. Wrong. I mean, I don't like Peyton Manning at all, yeah, but I'm I don't afraid see you're right. That. I don't want to see it in like that. Yeah. Um, and for the Cardinals game, it's just a shootout. Like, I think that's going to be a very high-scoring game. I ultimately – I made my picks for Sports on Earth. I ultimately did – Pick the Cardinals if just because I a I don't think I, I don't think Palmer uh, I think Palmer got kind of his yayas out a little bit I think I don't think his thumb is actually the problem that's the thing that everyone's worried about I don't think it's the thumb his thumb was fine like his thumb was fine for the for the uh, second half of the Green Bay game and the Philadelphia game afterward his his thumb has been fine for several weeks he just got the jitters because he's never won a playoff game before and uh, and he played really bad in that game but I really don't think it was because of the thumb uh, so I think if they can keep him give him time to throw the Cardinal if they, that's really what it comes down to if they, if they give him time to throw the Cardinals have awesome receivers and the Panthers weakness is their secondary so uh, all told I think it's a shootout uh, and it's hard to go it's always hard to pick against the best player on the field who I think is clearly Cam Newton but I uh, I, I am actually picking the Cardinals in, in a pick the over game shocker Oh come on! So, so I, I, I get Scott. I pick the St. Louis Cardinals out of homerism. <laughs> I pick the Arizona Cardinals out of like the, the 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 way that you guys feel about the Falcons. I can only wish to have the optimism, lifelong wise, that people have for the Falcons as an Arizona Cardinal fans. Arizona Cardinal fans, Arizona Cardinals have not only been terrible, they've been pointless. Like no one's ever cared about the Arizona Cardinals at all. So uh, when I if I pick the Arizona Cardinals to win, that is definitely not. Uh, uh, maybe it's a reverse jinx pick or. A Reverse, reverse jinx pick, but I, I, uh, I, I assume they're going to lose. <laughs> but uh, uh, talent-wise, I, I, f- I feel like they actually uh, fit in well with them. 
Didn't they play Carolina last year in the playoffs? They did because Ryan Lindley was the quarterback. Because that's uh, right. Palmer, yeah. both Palmer and Drew Stanton were hurt. So Ryan Lindley, who I swear to God, halfway through that game, I thought, like, are, are we sure he just does? Has, he's just not left-handed, and nobody told him. <laughs> it was one Wait of the Ryan Lindley still a thing. He, he was last year. He was the quarterback for, for the Cardinals in the playoff game last year. Logan Thomas was the bat was his backup, and I actually joked on Twitter at the time that the fact that Ryan uh, that Logan Thomas was not being put in that game. I assumed he must have leprosy or something <laughs> because something was uh, that Ryan Lindley. That was the worst quarterback game I have ever seen. And the thing is actually forgotten a little bit. Cam was terrible in that playoff game last year. He actually played really poorly. Yeah, it, was, it was an awkward game. Yeah, uh, it like uh, yeah, but it was Cam's like, not going to play terrible. It was this like time. AC Coastal bad. It was. It was like that Houston Kansas City bad. Um, but no, the Houston, uh, yeah, so it was, but anyway, point is I'm picking, I think, and then frankly, I guarantee you CBS who's doing Super Bowl 50, they want a Cardinals Patriots Super Bowl. I think they wouldn't mind having, as long as the Patriots win, they'll be fine. Uh, but I think a, a Cardinals Patriots win because a, the Cardinals are a very, very exciting team to watch play. They were on national television all year. Uh, and more to the point, Bruce Arians is everybody's favorite coach. <laughs> like Bruce Arians is, he will say stuff all week that he'll tweak Belichick and he's, he's got a little Rex Ryan in him and he'll be very entertaining. So I think they would love to, uh, they, I think they'd love to do that. Yeah. I, here's the thing. Bruce, Ar- Bruce Arians is absolutely a guy along with like Rob Ford, maybe Rob Ryan, and I would want to go to Vegas with. And uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you tell me you wouldn't go to Vegas or Monaco with him or like the church. I mean, seriously. Um, yeah. I so you know, I I regretfully think you're right. It is. Um, uh, it's so hard to pick against Tom Brady, and I I, I am a known Peyton hater. Uh, and I get in trouble with my wife because she's such an Indiana Colts fan, Indianapolis Colts fan. But yeah, it's just, he played it. Yeah, he's so just like Ooh, I'm. I'm Peyton Manning, but um, <laughs> that is his name. It would be weird if he said something else. <laughs> he, he's a nice guy. I'm sure he is, baby. And um, but you know, it's just it's so hard to root against a quarterback and throw the ball more than ten yards. And um, you know, that's it, that was that was the crazy thing about that Denver game last week. Is I'm watching the game like, but 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 the guy's open deep on the post and it's like Peyton Stein just looking can't that do way. it. He, there's no way he can do that. Anymore. Yeah, it's, right. like, it's like the ball just falls, just falls. Yeah. And uh, you know, for the Cardinals, the, for the Cardinals uh, versus the Panthers, is that I, I, you know, I strangely, I strangely like Carson Palmer. I, I for some reason, I think he's probably the best quarterback in the NFL in the past. This certainly had the number of starts he has in the past 15 years that hasn't won a Super Bowl. Um, it's probably the best. Uh, and a lot of people are like, oh, Carson Palmer, this card. He's, he is really sneakily, sneakily good as far as a quarterback goes. I mean, yeah, Larry Fitzgerald showing up is a big part of what has happened in Arizona. But the Carson Palmer, the consistent he's shown, just how how good, what he's done to lead that team. Um but it's really hard to pick against the best player on the team when the two teams are matched up. Best player on the field when the two teams are matched up that way. Uh, although I got to be honest, uh, uh, a Patriots Cardinals Super Bowl were really awesome to watch two different the two different ways of play, and also as a kind of like 
you know, Larry Fitzgerald versus that, that defense. And, uh, so it'll, it'll be interesting to see what happens. Um, Scott, there is, there, there's one question. Carrie, uh, UGA Carrie did ask a question. Um, so she wants to know which helmet designs were best of all in 2015. And I'm going to let you handle that, Scott, because that seems to like your jam. Well, I'm, I'm responding. I'm not paying attention to what you're saying. I'm responding on Twitter right now. And I, my response that I'm sending, right. Let's see. Did I get it right? Yeah. Right now. I said, Marilyn question mark. And I said, no, I said, I liked Indiana's cursive lettering helmet. You're pandering to my wife. I, I I don't know. I didn't watch the game that day, but I I caught the highlights and it stopped me in my tracks. And if there's a helmet that stops me in my tracks like that, and I kind of cocked my head to the side and I was like, hey, I, I could I can live with that. And of course, they only wore it for one game because they change helmets. It seems like every week. Um, but yeah, that was my pick. I mean, I mean, you practically just say go cats to Will. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Um, all right. Well, good show, gentlemen. I think was it, well, it? we nailed it. We nailed it. We nailed <laughs> was it a good show? We nailed it, man. Hey, listen, I'm like, I'm, I, I'm almost, I, I'm happy to be on a podcast where I can like, you know, drink during it. I guess so yourself. Much, <laughs> How many podcasts are you doing now? Like 20? The, there are actually, I have to say there, as of right now, I am currently, I don't know if I'm classified as a host or a co-host on the show or not either one, but if you count this show, there are four <laughs> podcasts that I actually uh, host or co-host right now. There's this one. There is uh, the Willis Experience podcast, which is my personal one. I've done Sports Earth for a long time. There is now the Culture Caucus podcast I do with John Heilman, the host. Of Love the name. Love with, the name. With all with all due respect, um, which is about the intersection of culture and uh, pop culture, uh, pop culture and politics. And we had the showrunner of the show Billions. If you have Showtime, you can uh, you, that the, the guy that runs that show, who I once uh, got very drunk with in a Knicks game uh, five or six years ago. He was our guest on this week's episode, and then I have the Grierson Leach podcast through the New Republic, where we discuss uh, we discuss movies. So the, I have I have more podcasts than uh, than I know what to do with right now. But guys, just so you know, you're still my favorite. So when are you going to get us on? Uh, when are you going to get our uh, like live feed on MSNBC or Bloomberg? Uh, as soon no, 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 as no, no, I no, no, as no. soon as I hack in. <laughs> no, I, I completely have a face made for on demand internet. Yeah, so do I. But it's not stopping me. <laughs> yeah, but will yeah. I mean, I actually showed the kids your uh, your spot on MSNBC before they got preempted it uh, preempted yeah. it for the weather. Because yes. hashtag Winterstorm Jonas, who yes. has an awesome beard and six pack abs. Um, <laughs> but uh, you know that they were they're like, is that is that really Mr. Will? I'm like, what's on my computer? It's like, yep, Dad, it's your computer. And uh, I was like, I don't even know what that means, but they were really impressed. You were on my computer. Well, I'm, so. uh, I'm, I'm all up in, I'm all up in your internets. <laughs> all the, about the, the internet. dark internets. The dark internets, exactly. We come full circle. Well <laughs> yeah, done. There we go. Well done. All about, I love it. I love well it. Done. So awesome. Well and done. And you, you know, you know what, uh, what I think we're going to do, and we'll be hearing it in just a couple of minutes. We are going to be taking out the outro with Coldplay. All right. That's, maybe I can uh, hit. Maybe I can hit the bumper. Isn't that what they do in radio DJ yeah, land? I think so. Yeah. I think so. All right. Yeah. Yeah. This yeah. will this All will right, be well, very lightly edited due to the time constraints on how long it went. So it's, I'm just going to press play. Totally Nobody said too many ums and stutters and stammers. So we're just going to roll with this one. I think that's a good idea. I think you've earned that right. Yeah.
right. All right. Well, well, go dogs. All right. Well, absolutely. Go dogs. Uh, well, I'll talk to you guys after the Super Bowl. Be safe in your travels. I will. You, and you guys uh, have a good time back here. Enjoy uh, uh, getting as much snow as me. Amen. All right. Be safe, guys. Bye. Go dogs. And thanks for listening. The three of us will be back for episode 39 sometime after National Signing Day. We'll make sure to definitely break down the 2016 signing class, and we'll also be making our Super Bowl predictions. As always, we'll see you on campus sometime, and go dogs. Turn your magic on. Let me see it say Everything you want to dream away We are legends Every day That's what she told